0: Uh, Johnny Tudor, now then, I came to working in the clubs late on, and I think it was probably past its best. Now, you you went from the working men's clubs right up to the very big clubs. Can we start in the working men's club? I remember Lord Brian of in calling it to the late night radio programme, saying he'd seen you at the non poll club in Riedvelin. Do you remember it? Yeah. Yeah, name drop, but I was there. (laughs) Yeah, I I used to do all
1: the clubs. I mean, that's how I started as a kid, you know, doing the the concert parties. So I did all, I must have done every club in the Ronda Valley as well. And they were great, you know, you had a, I don't know what it was about the workmen's
0: clubs. They, they weren't the easiest, but if they liked you, they liked you. So you'd walk into a place and you used to go it was with your dad, sort of like touring concert party type of thing originally.
1: Yeah, he was the pianist and there'd be me and I'd, there'd be a girl singer, like a soprano perhaps, and there'd be a tenor, they'd do duets. And there'd be a comedian, uh, pretty blue at times. <laughs> um and and me and that was it and we said so we Dolly's dolly club and we get like about um 20 quid for the lot of us wow <laughs> so wow. we, we end up
0: with two quid each and and the, the clubs themselves yeah the clubs themselves were i mean they were they were pretty i mean they were well established weren't they they you know there was a lot of money had been spent on them and in
1: them yeah well they got better as the, as the time went on when i started i mean it was a uh, it was back in the 60s early 60s but towards the end before uh, like in the 70s and 80s you had big, big acts work in them so mm-hmm. they'd have to start paying proper money then, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but as well as we'd go in with the whole concert party, then it was the single act bit. So you'd go in and expect blood, you know, how long can you do, boy, how well? And if you did 55 minutes, you'd, you haven't finished yet. You know sort of
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: And every club had had Tom Jones and usually paid him off. Oh, they paid him off. The Green Fly was one of them in, um, where was it? Bedwest. We paid Tom off, yeah. <laughs> I remember going to Clays in Swansea. We said, <laughs> He said that it wasn't an easy club because the acoustics were diabolical. There was old it was all carpet everywhere. It's like right. singing in a furniture shop. You couldn't hear yourself, nothing. And uh, they said, oh, we paid Norman Wisdom off. You, I said, well, you should be ashamed of yourself. because it's a genius. We yes. <laughs> <laughs> paid Norman Wisdom off. But then I, I, I progressed into the, to the nightclub. When the nightclub started, that was in the late 60s, 70s. It was, it was like great. Everywhere I had a, a decent nightclub. And Mm. then you'd you'd work there the full week. You'd you'd be on every night.
0: These nightclubs were very different to the working men's clubs.
1: Well, this was cabaret. This was was like professional stuff now. You had good Mm. backing, good sound systems. I mean, the the workmen's clubs are back. It was like singing to a town, doing bingo, you know, because we didn't have have big gear in those days. It was unheard of. You just turned up, you know. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So the the clubs, like for you had Tito's in Cardiff. Mm-hmm. I think Lonnie Donigan opened Tito's. They had all the big stars had come to him, you know. And then there was the double diamond in Caffili. I remember doing the diamond once. Uh, my agent rang me up. He said, I got Alec Fine coming to see you. He said, from ATV, the main booker. Where's the best place he can see you? I said, oh, the diamond. I do a bomb in the diamond. Everybody knows me. So I said, what day is he coming? He wouldn't tell me. Mm-hmm. So from Monday to Wednesday, I'm killing him now. I'm doing great. Thursday is rock and roll night. Okay. Right. And we got Shaking Stevens on his support, so it's all the rock and rollers have turned up. So I'm having a hard time now battling with this crowd. And that was the night he turned up. <sighs> <laughs> Talk about Sod's Law, you know what I mean? <sighs> uh, and then there was um, the Hellmane, which became uh, the Stardust up in Husk. Right. And I mean, they had Tom Jules, we Regan Engelbert, the next. I mean, it was that kind of stuff they used to put on. Yeah. Neil Sedak, all the big stars who do these places. There was um, the Cleopatra's in Newport, and they had one over in Bristol as well. You double that. You do the first one, first spot in Newport, then you get over the bridge and do the next spot over there, see? Um, I remember doing the Broadway and Blighties in Manchester. You had Blighties and Broadway, two big clubs, and you'd, you'd do the, like, 9 o'clock show at Blighties, then you go to the other one, Broadway, see? So you'd have top of the bill, this side would be the Dallas Boys, and top right. of the bill, this would be Jack Jones would come over, see? And then they said to me, do you want to do an early gig? So I was doing three gigs a night. Well, at that age, you do, don't you? You can sing yeah, forever.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just, you just got yeah. the money at the end of the night.
1: Yeah. <laughs> another club in Liverpool. I was working the, um, with um, Tom O'Connor. And we're doing the, the Broadway club, see? He said, where well, are you going after that? I said, i got to do a doubler up in Preston. So I was doing the early show in, in Liverpool, getting up the M6 to Preston do another one. Good. So he said, which club is it? I said, it's called the, uh, the Flamingo, he said not the flamingo. (laughs) I said, what's it like? He said, it's diabolical. He said, it's the only place where the woman (laughs) mentioned those immortal words, lock the doors, don't let anybody out. (laughs) So I said, what do you mean? He explained to me, apparently some bloke had sneaked in and he'd gone in the loft and he was hiding there trying and waiting until everybody went out. So he could come down in the night and pinch stuff, see? Right. Anyway, he fell through the ceiling and he landed on the bar. And this woman used to run the place. She used to have like a mink coat on and she'd have like slippers on. She said, lock the doors and don't let anybody out. <laughs> but that was a bit of a, one of the rough ones. But there were some really good clubs as well. What about further west then,
0: Johnny? Did you, did you come further west to, to Swansea, that sort of
1: area? Yes, I used to do um, uh, the Townsman in, in Swansea. And I, I used to do the one in Porthcawl as well. What was that called? The Stoneleigh Club. Oh, right. um, and there was one in Gosnayn called the uh, Rainbow Room, but the townsman I did quite a bit.
0: Yeah, now then the townsman has got a, a lot of uh, great recollections because of because of Bonnie Tyler. So she was just one of the singers at one stage, wasn't she? I think there was a couple of them, uh, a couple of girl singers. And, uh, you you know, in many ways, luck and fate. I'm not sure if you know the story, do you? Or what happened?
1: Well, no, I know she was in the band. There was like a house band
0: and she was one of the singers.
1: Uh, But I don't know if she got like um, found, if you like.
0: Well, um, I think Chris Needs at one stage was in that band as well. Chris Needs from BBC Radio Wills. But um, the story is, and and I know it's true because Roger Bell is still works with Bonnie. Roger Bell was working for a, a publisher in London called a writer called uh, Ronnie Scott, and he That's came right. down to see a singer, a, a male singer. I can't know what was his name. Anyway, he he went got went to the towns. When he went to the wrong room, and he uh, he heard this girl sing and Thought, wow, she's she's great. So he went back to London yeah, yeah. and had a little chat. And and they weren't looking for a girl singer. They're looking for a for a boy singer. But a little yeah. while later, he said, he uh, Ronnie was looking for a, a girl singer. He said, "What about that girl from?" From Swansea, and he said, "Well, let's have a little listen." And you know, then came my honeycomb, and then came Lost in France, and it's a heartache. Yeah, yeah. It just takes the one person, doesn't a dis-
1: it? Well, she had a distinctive sound. See, she was like she was like a Rod Stewart only female form, wasn't yeah, she? she? Yeah, had this, this this gravelly voice.
0: And her Sister Avis, again must have done all those clubs as well. She, she's got a, a beautiful voice. Uh, I uh, worked
1: uh, with uh, her on a Pontins camp, and she's he- a beautiful girl. Yeah, I think I we we were in Bournemouth, I think. Right. And uh, we were in the same hotel, the same digs. It was called the Winston Hotel. There was a a nightclub there as well, I think. And she was with her husband. Yeah, yeah, she was a really nice girl. And
0: a good, as you say, a very good singer. Fantastic singer. Fantastic singer. Did you do the nightclubs with your band and that? No, so we uh, we started doing... um, the working men's clubs. It was the r- late '90s. Uh, I I yeah. done a lot of radio and TV, and that all came to an end, as it sometimes does, Johnny. So we thought, well, how yeah, we how we, we going to pay the bills? <laughs> so we thought we'd go out, we go so up. We thought we'd play every every club once. We we made it a, yeah. a rule. And this is, sounds terrible now. And, and as a professional, Johnny, you're going to hate me for this. We made a rule that we wouldn't rehearse ever. We would just oh. stirred upright and we'd call the songs out and then we'd just yeah. play them as we felt fit in the right key. Right. Uh, okay. But after a while... After you've done, you know, six weeks, eight weeks of three or four gigs a night, you've got your set then, and we didn't change it for, like, ten years. Um, so oh, we please. we started going up and down the there. We did the Cuma Pioneer Club, and there was another one around the corner, and it was a bit like chapel. If you went to one club, you couldn't go to the other club. We did all the rugby clubs, like, summer events. And in, in, Did in, in, you do Marty, and, Marty, Marty worked Works, Marty. Oh, I love oh, Mardi Works, Now then, which room did you do, Johnny Tudor? Did you do downstairs or upstairs? Oh, upstairs, a big room it was. Huge. Big room. So by the time yeah. I got there, they they'd closed the big room. They'd closed oh. the big room. So we were we, we did a gig, and it was a lovely. I mean, it was a—it was one of those magical nights. I'm not sure if you know. It—it it was like lots of things were going on in my head, and I, I actually wrote a song called "Dancing in Little Moscow" afterwards because of the whole atmosphere of being in this place, which had so many great vibes coming out of the walls, you know. Well,
1: and they call it Little Moscow. Little they? Moscow. That's right. What and it why was
0: because uh, it was, you know, full of, you know, hotbed of communism. And they said yeah. uh, the, the next on the Monday they rang back and they said. Uh, we're going to open up the top room. We're going to have you back. He said, we should, we'll sell out. And it was it was wonderful, because I think a lot, of, like the Moody Boos had played there, Johnny Tudor had right. played there, you know, all the big stars <laughs> had played there, and uh, yeah. it, it was great. But halfway through the night, um, we were we were playing, and it was going quite well, and then suddenly the table started flying. You know, flying up in the air. And it was I mean, it was just like, it was like the Wild well, West. But you, you don't stop, well, do you? You just keep on going, keep on going. And then I, I, I went back like, a, I don't know, a year or so later, and it was flat. The whole thing had gone. They, well, they knocked them. it down, knocked it down. It's just oh. like.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was an era when it was all thriving. It was really fantastic. Of course, mm. what happened was, you see, all the work went. Yeah. So all the boys are out of work. So, and then the older fellas were the only ones who went to the clubs. The young boys didn't follow them in. So yeah. they all declined, didn't they? It was just a shame, really.
0: Yeah. You know, That's those, kind of those big shame. those big clubs then, like Tito's and Stardust, um, yeah. what, were they, what were they like? Were they like, you know, like Caesar's Palace? Were they Were they posh? Were they, you know, all well, yeah. beautifully attired? I
1: mean, I mean, if you think of Tito's in Cardiff, there was a, the nightclub where you did your act, like the cabaret room. Uh, there was a restaurant. There was a, a gambling room. Uh, you know, with a couple of dealers and, and uh, roulette meals and stuff. And there was a disc all in the one, one building. Mm. But see, what happened was, I think it was Margaret Thatcher's government did this. They, they passed a law that you couldn't gamble in the same place as a place of entertainment. They wanted, they thought it was inveigling people to gamble. So right. you have to go to a different, so it killed a lot of the work. Right. because a lot of these the gambling was paying for the, for the entertainment it was paying for the musicians it was paying for the croupiers
0: I suppose that's why like in, in Australia with all those uh, we talked about it last week about Paramatic Club and all that it has all the one-armed bandits but it has the entertainment then yeah. in a separate room same Las Vegas yeah. so Las Vegas you know isn't built on Frank Sinatra and, and you know uh, Dean Martin is it? it's built on on the gambling
1: well, that's the gambling that pays it. Yeah. I mean, I got a, a bill came through. It's on my, my phone. I'll send it to you. It's about, um, I think it was Battley Variety Club. And there's the list of people coming there. And it was like Shirley Bassey, uh, Louis Armstrong. Uh, I mean, you couldn't all be huge stars were coming uh, each week. Yeah. And there yeah. was another one called the Wakefield Theatre Club, which was beautiful. That went up like like a, like, a, like a, an amphitheatre. It was built like an amphitheatre. And right. it was all beautiful lighting. And it always had a nice band. Yeah. Usually, like on the big clubs, they had like front lines and
0: everything. Yeah, yeah so yeah, it was you, really good. You mentioned those those northern clubs. I, I was watching a documentary about the Bee Gees, and uh, yeah. you know, again, when their career just slightly dipped, you know, that's what they yeah. did. They went back to Batley, the Batley Variety Club, and um, legendary clubs. And, and a lot of the comics came out of those as well, didn't they? Those northern comics, they learned their yeah. trade. But, yeah. but I remember <laughs> what did because um, Elton was quite friendly with uh, with, with Morecambe and Wise.
1: And uh, but Elton brought Neil Sedaka back. You know, Neil Sedaka was down on his luck in America, and he came over here to earn a few quid. And he was doing the nightclubs. He did badly,
0: mm-hmm. and Elton John signed him up to do a, an album, and that's how he made his comeback. We were on the same. We were on, on the same record company. Me and Neil Sedaka. And I, do you know there what? They, I, do you know I missed. I was going up to do a recording session, and uh, Gus Dudgeon was my producer at that stage. And I was going to go to the studio, and they said come in the evening and I missed the press launch of Neil Sedaka's album in London. I, oh. Oh, and I loved Neil Sedaka at the time.
1: Oh, he's uh, one of my favourites. Wonderful songs.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wonderful yeah. songs. And not only, did, I mean, you could it was, it was just the one, it was like a pop song and he made it like a, a like a very low moody blues feel to it. Um, don't take your love away, away from, from me. me. <laughs> and before it was like, don't take your love away from <laughs> But it just showed how good it was constructed because
0: yeah. it could be played in a different genre. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so th- those clubs then, people like, I suppose, Les Dawson, um, well, Ed Mockham and Weiss used to call it, they, they were going on a bank robbing tour. You know, they just oh. they just go and just earn a fortune. <laughs> Good, you love them and you go.
1: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But people were on telephone numbers. I mean, remember, Lula was on eight grand a week. Wow. I then mean, going back in the 70s now. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah I mean,
1: yeah. Dorothy Squares was having eight grand when she did the double diamond.
0: Goodness me.
1: And to- and Freddie Starr was on 13 grand a week. <laughs> At one point, he was on twenty-five grand a week for the summer season. It wasn't doing so well, so we took a cut, and he, do, he did it for fifteen grand a week.
0: Well, there we are. Fair play, fair play.
1: <laughs> oh, John. The first time I saw Fred, he was in a club in Liverpool. Right. He was he with a, he was
0: with a he was with
1: a group called the um, the Delmonts. Freddie and the Delmonts, it was called. And uh, I mean, I'm in the audience. I've just done a show at the the Empire with um, Dave King. We did a funny thing on the way to the forum. So after the show, we went to a nightclub for a, a drink. And a... anyway. He was the act. He came on, we were hysterical. It was as funny as... So Dave King said, if this fella doesn't make it, he said, I'll eat my hat. Following year, he did the command performance. Wall up,
0: he's a big star. Yeah, yeah. And when you, when you went to those, you know, those far-off places again that we talked about last week, I suppose it was more like those big clubs in that case, was it, you know, like... Um, and maybe maybe the cruises are, are what those clubs are like now.
1: Well, no, the cruises are more like big theatres. They're, they're like the best theatre you've ever seen. Mm. They're, they're, they're on the big ships, you've got the big auditoriums, the lighting systems. It's just like being in the London Palladium. It's one fantastic. Some of these ships,
0: yeah, yeah, they're
1: unbelievable. Uh,
0: yeah. Tito's. I know that you you sold out Tito's many times. Headline Tito's with your dancers yeah. as well. What sort of show would you do in, a, in one of those big clubs? And when he, when when you were top of the bill, what sort of show did you do?
1: Right. Well, I I tried to base my act the same kind of format as Sammy Davis Jr. because he was my idol. See. Right. So and I sing and I dance and I tell a few gags. On. So I, I'd start off with an up-tempo number, something like um, "I'm so excited," da da da, something to get on. You know what yes. I mean? And once you're on, then I go into a song and dance number. I get the old straw hat and I do a little soft shoe dance. And... <laughs> And then I'd tell him a couple of gags and then I'd do some impressions. I used to do quite a few impressions in the old days. I used to do, well, obviously Frankie Vaughan because I looked like him. I used to do a mickey take on tom jones i used to do uh we used to do a parody to the to the delilah and to um green grass of home right um and then what else would i do i do Louis armstrong I'd do, i do loads of people used to do you know most yeah. of them are dead now so i can't do them anymore <laughs> <laughs> then i do my going to my fast tap dance really fast dance and that used to go really well because not many people used to do it And at the end of that, I'd always be like pretending I was out of puff. You know, going, ah, I'd like now to, um, I'd like to lie down for half an hour, a bit of a laugh, and then I'd tell him a
0: few jokes. See? What about the dancing yeah. girls? How did that work then? Did you have a regular crew that would that would work with you? I only did that once. I was in Monte Carlo. Oh. Um,
1: what happened was I was doing the panto in Cardiff and uh, my agent rang up, she was French, called Janique, and um, she said, this guy's coming over from Paris, he said, Bernard Leon, he's looking for acts to do the casino, but you've got to do your act with girls. Could you do it? I said, well, yeah. I said, easy. I can can get some of the girls from the show. Mm -hmm. So I asked four of the best dancers in the show. I said, "Would you want to go to Monte Carlo? He said, (laughs) do we? So I said, okay. So I got the choreographer, a fellow called Clive Hicks Jenkins, who was very good choreographer. I said, can you set something up? So we did like the opening number with the girls with me. So they're dancing and, and singing with me. And then I did a bit of my act, if you like, and I had to sing a, fr- a French song or an Italian song, because that would have been in the, in, the, in the contract. And then the girls came back on and did their number. And then we finished all together with the girls with mm-hmm. me. So I did the audition and we got the job and off they flew us to Monte Carlo. So that was the, one of the best gigs I've ever done. It was wonderful. They treated mm-hmm. you like a lord there, you know. Yeah, yeah, but other than that, I was a one-man band. I go on and do my thing, you know.
0: It is really, it is really handy, isn't it? Turn up, you know, with your case yeah. your music, no nothing else to worry about. No PA. My,
1: my manager used to say to me, you, "You're a you're a coward, you are, John." I said, "Why?" He said, "You do so many things. You don't give them a chance not to like you.
0: <laughs> so they don't
1: like the song. They like the dance." You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: and <laughs> we, we had a similar thing not that we were any good or different we were just louder so when we um, you know because when you go to the clubs you just if, when you can't stop Well, well that's what I yeah. learnt I learned, you know once you lose once you lose the room you've lost the room so you can't let anybody sit down for that you know for the 245s you've got to keep them going keep them going keep them going don't stop the song goes into song goes into song and, and, and what did you
1: do like a dance you like a dance set did you so yeah it was,
0: it was it was, it was all the songs that we grew up you know keep on running into. Superstition, oh, and, and then you know, then yeah. you got into those, those breakdown sections that we used to do. Like the mean the being the bass player who had a very similar uh, haircut. Uh, we used to go at some stage when it used to break. I said, "Go break it down, break it down." And I say we sometimes do impressions. So I used to get yeah. while well, the bass player, and so you can if you imagine we're both. So, so I said, "Who's that?" Pamela Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then we we tell the same stories every night and they get lo- the stories get longer and longer. It's like when I went on tour with Max. And we're, I'm yeah. hoping to get Max soon, so the, the call well, is be in. So we'd, be talking, Max. But um, Max's shows used to start at 45 minutes and then by the end of yeah. the tour they'd be like three hours. Because your stories develop, don't they? they, they you had little yeah. bits and bobs. It's like Ken Dodd, you couldn't get him off. <laughs> Um, um, those days will, will never come back, I suppose. It, it, was that, it was that moment in time where it uh, all, all worked. Everybody went out. I mean, you,
1: you know, your mother, your father, your auntie, your uncle, they'd all go to the club. They'd mm-hmm. have a chicken in the basket and a basket and, and a pint of beer and they'd watch a show. I mean, it was a full night out. They've lost the feel of it. It's all like watching telly, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. it's a shame because it does nothing. But what makes me laugh is when they go on ships... They all go to see the show. It's yeah. like, it's like, you know, all of a sudden there's a show, all oh, go see that then. But yeah. they don't make the effort here. I mean, it's like in the old summer seasons have all died. Yeah. I mean, summer seasons were half your work. Yeah. You know, and they were great shows. You know, you had dancers, you had comedians, big stars, topping the Bill, Engelbert, Dunford in, in Scarborough, and you'd have Tom Jones in Blackpool. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah. It's
1: a shame. It has, it's really a shame it's all died off. But uh, Someone needs to write oh, a book yeah. about it, Johnny.
0: Someone needs to write a book I about should,
1: it. Yeah, we should do, really. Yeah. It, they used to say, right, when my old man was in the business, he was a theatre man, okay, going back years and years, and, and radio. Then the theatres... Started to get hammered by the television, and now the, the, then the nightclub started getting hammered because everybody wanted to go abroad. Somebody had a brainwave opening a, a Tito's in Mallorca once, and I, I thought it'd be good to do a summer season to all the Molinas because can you imagine they're all Brits down there? Absolutely, but was... nobody's done it. Perhaps we should do it, mate. Hey,
0: maybe we should do it in Britain this year because nobody's going abroad. Yeah. That's right, we could on Pothcorp Pavilion and do a show. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, as always, lovely to talk to you. Um, uh, As we say, uh, it's goodbye from him. And it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. We'll see you next week. Bye. (laughs)